Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. This is a weekly podcast about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James, an ancient pilgrimage. Pilgrims travel from all over the world to visit the Spanish city of Santiago de Compostela, St. James, under a field of stars. There are 12 main Caminos snaking their way across Europe, eventually arriving in northwest Spain, where, we're told, the remains of Christ's apostle St. James the Greater, the son of Zebedee, are interred beneath the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela. The pilgrimage is often described as being a spiritual journey, a journey of discovery, a chance to move slowly in a world where we seldom get the chance to move slowly, a chance to meet people from all around the world. It's no holiday, but you'll find yourself walking up to 30 or 35 kilometres a day, or you may, as many do, choose to walk shorter distances, perhaps 12 to 15 kilometres a day. You choose. It's your Camino. What you will find is you'll love the slow tourism of pilgrimage, experiencing the culture of Spain, France, Italy or Portugal, sitting in roadside cafes, talking about not much, with pilgrims from all over the world, sharing a dinner table with someone you've never met, and by dessert, you're talking about things you haven't discussed even with your closest friends. You open up on the Camino. I've read Michael Lunig's poems on the podcast before. He's an Australian poet and artist. Look him up. He's fantastic. Michael Lunig, L-E-U-N-I-G, Michael Lunig. His poem in the Sydney Morning Herald newspaper on Saturday, April 21 this year is just magic. It's called Cheerful. It's love that makes the world go round, but fear can do it faster. You quickly cover lots of ground when heartache is the master. Of course, it may not feel like fear or dread or desperation. It feels like something near and dear, excitement and elation. But fear it is that makes you bleed and speeding makes you fearful. Nothing can be loved at speed. Love is slow and cheerful. Michael Lunick, an Australian poet. My guest this week is an Australian pilgrim, Rose Paolo's Daniel. Rose is on the line from Western Australia. Welcome, pilgrim. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm very well. I'm going to cut straight to the chase, Rose. You walk the mm-hmm. Camino de Santiago, the Portuguese route, wearing a purple bra on the outside of your shirt. Why? That's correct, yes. Why? Um... <laughs> Why? Well, we had, I had a few people from work, women from work who had breast cancer. Um, and this was actually, this was before we, we decided on the trip. There was four of us that was going. And then I found out about these two ladies with breast cancer from work. And then it just one night I thought, why don't I do it? Why don't I wear the purple bra and walk from Portugal to Spain? Um, Purple Bra is the WA-based breast cancer foundation. So that's so from my so listeners around. Uh, yeah, I'll just explain that, Rose. For my listeners around oh, the world, yes. WA is Western Australia. So I'm in Sydney on the east that's coast right. of Australia, and Rose is in Western Australia, right across the other side of the country. So the Purple Bra is the WA Breast Cancer Society's kind of symbol. That's right, yes. Yes, they don't get funding from the government, so a lot of their money is raised through fundraising. 
so once I started, once I picked up, picked them up, um, then that was it. Did lots of fundraising, walks. The walk was the highlight. The walk was the highlight of the fundraising. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, me, I'm 53. I spent, I had my 53rd birthday in Porto, actually. Oh, lovely. Last year. Yeah. Um, I've got two children, 25 and 23, and I've got a stepson who's 31. Um, born in Malaysia, mum and dad's from India, born in Malaysia, grew up on Christmas Island, came to Perth, uh, went to the UK for a two-year working holiday, stayed 14 years, and then brought the family back to Perth in 2003. I'll get to your breast cancer uh, story and your very important campaign in a little while. Mm-hmm. But first of all, you walked the Portuguese route. Where did you yes. start? I started in Porto. Right. And so you walked, a, a, did you walk the full 240 kilometres and how long did it take you? Way. My Fitbit said 313. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Walking back and forth to the bar doesn't count, Rose. Oh, uh, yes. Well, it was odd. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, we walked we walk from Porto, we walk, We took first the coastal way. Yeah. And then we got to Redondela and then we, we went central. We went in uh, inland and up to Santiago. So when you get to Santiago, the, uh, what is it, the, the certificate you get says 280 kilometres. Right, okay. So it right, yeah. How long did it take you? Took us. We started on the fourth of September, and I think we got to Santiago on the twelfth. So no. Oh gosh, I can't. It took us about twelve days, actually. Right, about twelve. Yeah, no, it took us about twelve days. Yes, it did. Took us twelve days. How how far did you walk each day then? Oh, we were crazy. We were absolutely crazy. Day one. Our intention was to do maybe 15, 20 kilometers, but day one we did about 30 kilometers. We were dead. We thought, I was like, I'm going home. I've had it <laughs> day one. Um, but we were managing about 24, 25 kilometers. When you first start, it's hard. It was hard work. But then in the second week, um, you don't notice the distance. I think your body gets used to it. You, you're a little bit more relaxed, you know, but, but the first few days, it's hard. And Portugal ha- is covered in cobblestones. The hard work. Yeah, so that uneven surface makes it difficult to walk. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And we, we, um, had you done much training? Like, were you fit before you went, Rose? Uh, I, I thought I was fit. We're fit. We're not because we do hiking a lot in Perth. Um, we, but our hike was only like the, the longest we would do would be 16 kilometres. But, you know, in the end, you get there, you know. I think you can train and train and train and you're never going to know until you actually do it. 
Yeah, that's right. That's a good. That's a very good point. And interesting that you mentioned that you walked with a group. You walked with your sister and two friends in a group yes. of in a group of four. Did you all walk? That's correct. Did you all have the same issues, or was was one fitter than the others? And what was the dynamic like working walking in a group of four? Did you find someone was slowing down all the time and someone was speeding up all the time to keep in touch with the group? How did that work well, out for you? We, um, I, w- I probably would say I was the slowest, but then it changes. Like in the mo- like I, I decided I wasn't going to walk too fast. And the, we, Cherry in the group, she, she needed to walk fast, so she would carry on walking. But then somewhere along the point, we'll catch up, and then I'll be walking fast, and she'll be behind. So do you know what I mean? It, we would never, there was never any, um, what's the word, pressure walk fast or, or thinking that you're lagging behind. There wasn't any of that. We just walked our own pace. More more often than not, we all walked together. Uh, we laughed, we talked, you know, and then we'll get to a point where we think, oh, okay, I'm, too, I'm tight now, so I'll lag behind. And then others oh, will be far ahead, and then it just changes. It was never an issue, really, that we weren't all together walking. Uh, we just took our pace. We, we walked however we want and if you walk far and then you can have a rest and wait for others to catch up yeah that's right that's Um, right and and i've heard that the portuguese route is reasonably flat is it uh yes yes it is reasonably flat very little hills i mean there was one hill that was a killer but it to be quite honest in hindsight now no it wasn't that bad really um, I don't know if you know know Bluff Knoll in W in Western Australia. I don't uh, actually. It's, it's, yeah, it's. I think it's the second highest mountain in. I, I'm not sure if it's in Western Australia or Australia. Um, see, we climb that, and so that is hard work. So the hills and on the Portuguese trail, no, it, it's pretty. It's reasonable. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. And we didn't think it was bad. Yeah. And did you have your your trip planned out? Were your spreadsheet pilgrims? Did you know where you were going to stay each night before you left? Yes. Right. Yes. Because okay. uh, my sister Catherine, she did the Camino France the year before. Um, and, you know, she, she, they, they, she said they planned like to – two days in advance. I was very much spreadsheet. I needed to know where we were going to be, what we were doing and everything. But once we got there, we could change. Um, I started off like planning the night before, but then I found it was getting too stressful for me because if I, if we didn't get to the next town by five o'clock, I was panicking that I haven't got anything booked for the next night. So then I did two nights in advance. I booked it, was just, it made just a lot – I felt a lot happier that I had accommodation. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. knew where I was going to stay. Yeah. Yeah, especially when we, the distances in Portugal between one to – it's quite far. You know, you don't yeah. get as much albergues like within 12 kilometres and right. that. So for my peace of mind, I thought we needed to book our accommodation. So we did. But if I were to do it again, I'll be happy just to wing it. No spreadsheet, just go. 
Yeah. And, and see what happens. When you when you got to a town and you decided that you would plan the next two nights, did you find that the internet on your phone that was easy to do? Was it easy to oh, do perfect. to find the yeah, no dramas with doing any of that? No, none whatsoever. I mean, we did a combination of albergues, pensions. Um, we even did Airbnb because there was four of us. Sometimes it worked out cheaper to get an Airbnb place. Sure. Um, and which means that we all had our own room as well, so we could, you know, just relax. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, the albergues were brilliant, absolutely brilliant, clean. Um, oh. People were amazing, did, all going out of the way to help you. Did any of, any of you speak the local language? Did any, and that's the first part of my question. The second is, when you get to town and you have to meet someone at the Airbnb and get the keys or what have you, was that easy to do? Oh, very, very, very. I mean, not one of us spoke Spanish or Portuguese um, or French, <laughs> So we used a lot of Google. I, I used Google Translate a lot. Right. Um, I mean, I was quite impressed with myself, really, because from when we got to Santiago, I had we were going to take the train from Santiago to Madrid. And I even rang up and I had my Google Translate of everything I want to say to them. And, yeah, managed to book a taxi for 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Portuguese people spoke English. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so yeah. it wasn't hard. Spanish side, because well, you're going through the countryside, so yeah, they were a bit more limited in their English. But we never had the problem where nobody understood us. Yeah. I, I found never did. Uh, I found asking the questions in Spanish was fine, but when they answered me, I had no idea what they were saying. Oh, that's when Google Translate comes in. <laughs> it was so handy. <laughs> so I mean, we met a Be- Belgique guy um, from Belgique, he was, and he was French. I mean, he spoke very little English and we spoke very little French, but we managed to get his life story out of him by just sign language and lots of words, do you know? Yeah. So the language was not a barrier. None at all. How lovely. So where did this idea come, the four of you walking the Camino together? It came from my sister. She did two years, uh, three years ago, she did Camino Salvado, the one in Western Australia. Um, And because she wanted to prepare herself for the the French one. And uh, the French one for me was like too long. I thought I'm going to try and I'm going to try something for two weeks, and that's when I looked up, and the Portuguese one came up. I went, I can do that. I said, two weeks I can do. Um, but saying that, I'm planning on going to do the Camino, one, uh, the French one next year. Oh, terrific! You just mentioned the yes. Camino Salvado in Western Australia. Mm. I have, I have to say, I have never heard of that. Yeah, it's something they've had it for a long time. It's, it's. Um, it's also following the route. So it's from Subiaco in Western Australia to Nunosia, where the monks finished the journey. Yeah, that's right. I know about the monks at yeah, Nunosia, so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it's about, I think it takes about a week, a week right. to walk. Beautiful trail. It's, it's abs- I mean, I've not done joined the group with that, but we've done the part of the trails that take you along the way. 
Um, yeah, so my sister did that. She did that. And it goes every year. I think I think in September they do the the walk. There's right. an organized group. Or you can do it yourself as well. There you go. So this is the Camino Portuguese last year. You're with your sister and two friends. The four of you decided to walk the Camino, but you decided to take it one step further. You would raise money for breast cancer research. And I did a bit of research, as I do from time to time, and you told the Midland Reporter newspaper, you said, I remember waiting for my ultrasound one year and assuring this very young girl who detected her first cyst she was going to be fine. Mm. Half an hour later, she had her scan. She came out sobbing her heart out. And you said, I can only guess the worst. So you, That's right. Yes, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. And so you decided to walk. You weren't only raising money, you were raising awareness as well. And that's a very, yes. it's very important, isn't, isn't it? Because mm. the, the person who told yes. me about you said, Dan, you have to interview Rose because all the way along the Camino, she stopped and talked to people and people stopped and talked to her because she was wearing the bra on Mm. the outside of her shirt because she wanted people to talk about breast cancer and to learn and not just to raise money, but the important thing is this, that you wanted people to talk about it. So tell tell us about that journey, that Camino. Oh, gosh. When, when I first started wearing the bra, people would look at me, but they just give you um, cheeky glances. They weren't really open to coming up. I think maybe because, you know, we, we, weren't, um, we weren't talking about it ourselves as well. But then as I got along the Camino, I started opening up more about the bra and everything. And then people were asking me what it's about. See, the the bra itself, you've, you've got them in all these different countries as well. They've got different colors. So a lot of, like, we met people from Holland, um, met people from France. They all, everybody sort of knew about the bra and what it symbolizes. But because it was purple, I think normal color is the, the pink one. But because it's a purple bra, they were very curious about where it's from, why the purpleness. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, people were really, really good. More the women, really. More the women, because I think men still felt hesitant to come and talk to us about the purple bra. Um, but the women were good. A lot of them came up. A lot of them donated because they've got, have had friends or family members that, you know, um, had yeah. Breast cancer. Mm. I, th- I think another important but, uh, aspect of it, Rose, is that the family is often turned upside down when yes. when the mum or the grandmother or the sister or the auntie is diagnosed with breast cancer. That was an important part of your message too, wasn't it? That's right, yes, because, uh, yeah, it was, it was also because the, the Purple Bra WA, Western Australia, supports the whole family not just um, the person going through the breast cancer. So it's, it gives support, emotional um, and physical support to everyone in that family, not just to the sufferer. And that's why the bra is such a powerful symbol, support. Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I've had, I've had a man, we were sitting down, we were sitting down having our lunch one day, and we were talking to this couple and he says, um, can I just say something? I said, yeah, what? And he went, 
And he says, in my country, we wear the bra on the inside. <laughs> so I looked at him. I went, well, you know what Australia is like? It's down under. So we do everything on the <laughs> head. <laughs> and he looked at me and he went, oh, I'm only joking. <laughs> that is good. I like that story. So how, how much have you raised? How much money have you raised? We raised about almost 6500 6, Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. My work was really good, really, really good because I did a lot of um, fundraising at work, work itself. Um, but, yeah, yeah, 6, 000, almost 6,500. So that's been – was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I got my bosses all to dress up in purple bra as well. And we did a whole day of them going out to the workplace with your purple bra and just getting donations. And I think it's a very, it's obviously a very serious issue. Uh, yes. Very serious disease. And, and the person who wrote to me said that Rose on the Camino was so fabulous because she always had an enormous smile on her face, was obviously having a time of her life, but was able to, through laughter and, and purely the pure enjoyment of walking the Camino, were able to tell this and sell this very serious mes- message. And I think that's to your great credit because you were able to use your personality to sell what was something very difficult to talk about. You must feel pretty good about that. I did. I did. I mean, I'll be quite honest, though. When Alice first said about your podcast, I went, I didn't do anything special. I said, yeah, I walked in a bra across Spain, <laughs> Portugal to Spain, raising money. But, you know, um, yeah, I did. I mean, I guess I did raise awareness. I did. It was, for me, it was a great, for myself, for myself, I thought, yeah. And, you know, if we can talk more about it and and, and educate our children as well to, you know, to know more, to know more about it, that's brilliant. That's, that's exactly what I want. I want people to talk about it. I don't want it to become something that, oh, no, let's not talk about it. We hide it under the carpets, do you know? Yeah, yeah. And one aspect of it I think that I wanted to raise, because I know that you raised it too, is that it's not just women that are affected by breast cancer. It's men too, isn't it? It is, yes. But the men part, we don't hear so much. They don't seem to to talk a lot about it. But there are are many of men that are affected as well by breast cancer too, because it's it's more like a woman's thing, but it's not. Men gets affected by it too. They do indeed. Let's let's go back to the Camino. How much did you carry? Mm. How heavy was your pack? Oh, well, my pack, I, I didn't carry a heavy pack. <laughs> my pack was just a day pack. We had our pack transported. Ah, good idea. From one yeah. place to another. Yeah, because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm very, if I can take shortcuts, I will. <laughs> and you're honest. <laughs> yeah. And, was there anything in your backpack that you could perhaps have left back at home? Um, okay, can I, I mean, this is going to be really strange, but I, not in my day pack, in my back, my normal pack, I had my hairdryer in there. And and I probably could have left that at home. That is my funny. Hair, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, if you know me, my hair has to be perfect every time. But as I got under Camino, I went, you know what? Who cares? 
And who cares? What, what was that like then, having the freedom to say who cares? Because if somebody's carrying a hairdryer in their backpack, Rose. <laughs> okay. It's a small one. It's a little travel one. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, I didn't use it. In the end, I, we didn't use a lot of it. I think maybe the main part we used when we got to Madrid. So, yeah, I would leave it. Going next year, I wouldn't take it with me. It's just not. What was it like having the freedom just to say I don't care about my hair? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. It was really, really good. Nice and relaxed. And, <laughs> you know, it was like I can get up in the morning and just get dressed and go. Yeah, yeah. My friend Maggie, uh, Maggie Caffin, she says she takes one of those cloth buffs, the the long uh, tube of material that a lot of pilgrims wear around their necks or they pull them up over their face. Mm-hmm. They, she pulls it up over her hair so she doesn't have to worry about her hair. And yeah, I, think it's, it's I a, had a hat. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what, is there anything that you wish you had taken with you but you didn't? Uh, taken with me? No, not really, not really, because you can get a lot of things along the way. Do you know, mm. it's not that isolated that you can't buy things along the way. There's shops. There's plenty of shops. Um, I mean, we had big plans of making our lunch every day and putting it in a bag. We didn't do any of that because there was shops all along the way for food, for drink, for for anything, for, you know, anything you want really. So I wouldn't, no, there was nothing that, um, you know, I really wish I had with me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's well, that's good advice because often, mm. often people take a lot of stuff and don't use it. And I yeah. suppose, uh, and I remember also speaking with uh, another podcast guest, Michal, who said from uh, Poland, he said, if you think about whether or not you need it, you don't need it. You don't. That's right. Yes. Great advice. Yes. I mean, the one thing I really, really, I was really conscious about having blisters. Um, so I got a foot ointment. And I was a bit precious at times as well, where I would stop. Every two hours, I would stop, take my shoes off, take my socks off, uh, massage my feet with this ointment, (laughs) you know, then let it dry, put it back on, then I'll start walking again. I wasn't bothered if people were looking at me thinking, what a weirdo. Uh, But I did that all the time. I And that cream was... A blessing, absolute blessing. Do you remember what? Yeah, no, sir. And I didn't get blisters. I'm sure. Yeah, you didn't get blisters. So, do you remember what that cream is called? No. Oh, it's from um, this shop called Vast Virgin. It's a, a just a foot foot lotion. It was the best. It was the best that I use. I mean, you know how people recommend Vaseline or yeah. Vicks. Mm. I didn't fancy Vicks. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, and Vest Vest Virgin, they they gave me the cream because they knew I was uh, fundraising for breast cancer as well. So I said, um, so I tried it out for them, and, and it was good. It was good. I just thought putting the cream on my feet. It was more also for me to just sit down wherever I was by the roadside, wherever, just to relax. You know how sometimes you're walking and walking, you you just just need to t- to take stock. So the name of the foot cream that Rose is talking about is Sweet Feet Balm by Vasse Virgin, V-A-S-S-E, Virgin. V for Victor, V-A-S-S-E, Virgin. Sweet Feet Balm by Vasse Virgin. 
Did you meet lots of people from different countries along the way? Yes, yes, we did. We did. We met. Oh, uh, yeah. There was. We met the the guy from Belgique. Uh, we met mum and da- uh, mother and daughter from Germany. Um, we met a lot of Australians. We met heaps of Americans. Heaps of Americans. They were so friendly. Um, so many wanted a picture with me and the bra. Um, and, you know, at one point we were saying, okay, I'm going to have to start charging you guys for these photos. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, we met we met, so we met men on their own who were on their own uh, personal journey. Um, oh, we met heaps, heaps of people. That's great. And did you take rest mm. days? Ah, uh, yes, we took one rest day. When we got to Camino, which is the last – Portuguese town before then we took the ferry to Spain so we had a rest day there but just one day I mean I was hoping for another rest day but the rest of them didn't want to do it so we just we just plodded on um it would it it's nice to have a rest day it's nice to fit in but because the Portuguese walk is a lot shorter um you know, whereas I think the French one is a lot longer. So we had one rest day. And, of course, when we got to Santiago, we had three nights there. Oh, how lovely. I'm going to get to Santiago mm. in a minute. But I wanted to ask uh, that you walked in September 2018. Was it busy? Uh, no. Oh. N- no. We on the coastal route, because we started off the coastal route, it wasn't busy. You see, this, you see people, you know they're on the Camino, but it wasn't busy. As we got into the central route, it got busier, but still not mad busy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes there would only be the four of us on the, on the trail. Sometimes we hear people coming at the back and you think, oh, there's about 10 people at the back. But it wasn't busy. It was very uh, not not as busy as what I've been listening to what the other French one is. Yeah, it can get very busy. In fact, right now, mm. uh, the start of, well, the first month or so of the season over there, it's very busy indeed. Um, did it meet your expectations, do you think, Rose? I, I had no expectations. I, I tend to view that with all the places I go. I don't have expectations. So whatever I get... I'm so grateful for it. Hmm. I I went in. I I went on the Camino um, just to enjoy myself, just to have a good, you know, just see the countryside. I've been to Portugal a lot, but never walked. Just went on to the Algarve and and uh, Faro Faro and all that, but not. So you know, I I went with an open mind. Really, I went whatever I was going to receive. And get on the walk, I would be so happy for for it. Hmm, how lovely! What advice would you give for someone thinking of doing the Camino? Oh, do it! Just do it. <laughs> it oh yeah, no. I mean, uh, things work out. Things absolutely have a way of working out. Um, you know, you can do all the planning you want, and that's brilliant. Do as much planning, read up as 
as much as you want, but then also have an open mind that of what may change along the way. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. be so rigid on what you want to do. Things may change, but just be open to it. But yeah, just do it. Just I mean, I'm I'm planning uh, Camino France next year. So you're going to do the Frances. Yes, I'm going to take my husband with me. Oh, how lovely. Oh, my gosh, you're going to have the wonderful, most wonderful journey. That would be fantastic. So tell us about arriving in Santiago. Was it what you expected? Uh, And more. Yeah. And more. There was a point before we got to Santiago where we saw the sign that says it was only six kilometers. My God, we were jumping for joy. We went, yes, yes, yes. And we were so happy. And then further down the road, we saw this other sign and it said, I think it said like 7.8 kilometers. And we probably walked for about an hour. And I looked at, I looked at all of them and they looked at me and I went, why is that saying 7.8 kilometers <laughs> when it said six kilometers? Oh, and that was so heartbreak. I thought, I just want to get there. I just, do you know what I mean? I just... Wanted to get this, but yeah. when we got there, uh, we knew we were coming into Santiago because the buzz was in the air. There was people rushing past us to get there. Do you know, it was you can feel the excitement. And when we got there, oh my god, it was yes, we've done it. We, I've what I wanted to do, I've achieved it. It was fabulous. The atmosphere was amazing. Yeah, amazing. sure, sure is, sure is. Is there one thing you learned from other pilgrims that you've brought back home with you? One thing I've learned from the other pilgrims. Um, uh, just be yourself. I think. Mm. Do you know? Just be yourself. Nobody will judge you. Nobody, um, what's the word? Nobody, nobody's going to say you're doing it wrong or you're doing it right. It's your journey, do you know? Just mm. be yourself. Be open. Be friendly, really, because when you when you open yourself, you receive more. Um, but mm. yeah, just be yourself. Everybody was. It was lovely. I mean, I caught the people were amazing. Mm. Um, and if you can help people, then yes, do it. That's a great answer. Mm. Because I really threw you in the deep end there. But, yeah. uh, but it was a great answer. And I think that's largely because you probably haven't thought about it yourself just yet. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. So something I'm certain you have, I have been asked is, how do you explain the Cam- the Camino to people now that you're home? When they say, didn't you do that walk in Portugal or something, Rose? How do you explain yeah. it to people? Um, I, I just tell them to go do it. I said, it's amazing. I mean, there's a lot of people that go, you want me to walk? I went, yes, I want you to walk. <laughs> <laughs> you, I said, you see a different... You see different things. I mean, I was always, yes, I want to go to a five-star hotel. I don't want, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this holiday was was a challenge. It was, but I wouldn't swap it for anything. I, at work, see, I've got, because 
I've got people who are religious and spiritual at work. Um, and, the, the, you know, they seem to think that it's more a Catholic thing, this Camino. So I'm trying to say to them, it's not a Catholic thing. You don't have to be a Catholic to do this. It's your journey. It's how you make it. Um, but I don't think I've convinced anybody <laughs> to go on it. But who knows? Who knows? A lot of people at work now know about it like they never knew. They didn't know anything about it until I said I was doing it. Um, a few of them have said, oh, maybe later on. But I don't think I've convinced anybody to go on it. But, you know, like I said, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. One day they wake up and they want to go on it. But we... Only because I think there's that misconception that it's a it's a religious thing that you do. Yeah, you're doing it for yeah. religious purposes, you know. And, yeah. and it's you can do it for both. If you're religious, yeah, do it. If you're spiritual, do it. But it's just a fun thing to do, anyway. Yeah. Oh, it, it was good. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it it it. it makes you grow, you know, you grow as well. Even though we, oh, this was a short period, but it never stops you growing because even when you come back home, you're constantly thinking about your journey. You, you're constantly evaluating, oh, okay, yeah, I did that. How could I have done that? What could I do the next time, do you know? Yeah. So you never stop thinking about it. No, that's right. So what's one word you'd use to sum up the whole Camino experience for you? For me, amazing. <laughs> now, Absolutely amazing. Now, you said you said that you're going back next year to do the Frances, which is wonderful, and I, I look forward to following your journey on social media mm. because you and I have connected on Facebook, and that means right, that yes. means that I can do a bit of kind of extra research, you see. And, yes. Rose, you posted a picture on your Facebook page that said, this year I just want to go on more adventures, be around yes. good energy, connect with people, learn new things and grow. How are yes. you going in your quest? Good, really, really good actually because um, I'm doing we, – we start doing a lot of more hiking as well because I've got – two of my sisters are very much into hiking – you had a, a lady once talk about women walking, women talking. Heather Waring. I can't remember. From, yes. from Great Britain, Heather Waring, yeah? Yes, that's right. Do you know, every time I walk with my sisters, I think of her and I go, sisters walking, sisters talking. Yeah. And that's, that, is, that means a lot to me because my sisters and I, when we walk, we talk a lot as well. Um, and I'm doing some... I. Been war- I've done some fundraising now for Cancer Council. Um, I'm going to. I'd, have you heard about the Carrigini in WA, in no. Western Australia? No. Carrig- it's it's like lots of um, mountain gorges and um, lots of hiking trails, but in the outback. Right. I haven't so actually heard of the Carrigini. Oh, look it up. Look yeah. up Carrigini. It's amazing. It's beautiful. So a group of us are going in July. Right. Yeah, so we're going in July. Then we've got little things like we're all doing the HBF fun run. Um, we've got 
fundraising coming up. We're doing another purple bra. I'm doing another purple bra in June, purple bra fundraising. Um, this year, I'm concentrating more on fundraising for Cancer Council, Cancer Research. So, yes, I'm busy. <laughs> you have a very busy year ahead. That's right. And, yes. and another post I read on your Facebook said, I wish I was a glow worm. A glow worm. <laughs> now, wait, 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 wait a minute here, Rose. I wish I was a glow worm. A glow worm's never glum. Because how can you be grumpy when the sun shines out your bum? <laughs> yes. yes, I love that. I've got that on, the, on my wall at work, yes. So It's true, isn't it, it? Well, I think in your case it most certainly is. Congratulations on your campaign and congratulations on your Camino and, and congratulations you. on your ambition. And, and me and my listeners have certainly connected with you in these last half an hour or so, your good energy. And we've learned new things and grown as a result of taking this time to talk with you. So thank yes, you, Rose. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Buen Camino. Yes, Buen Camino. Take care, Dad. Thanks, Rose. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye. My guest this week, the West Australian pilgrim, Rose Paulos Daniel, who walked the Portuguese Camino to raise money for breast cancer research. I've read Michael Lunig's poems on this podcast before. He's an Australian poet and artist. Look him up. He's fantastic. Michael Lunig, L-E-U-N-I-G. His poem in the Sydney Morning Herald newspaper on Saturday, April 21 this year. It's just magic. It's called Cheerful. It's love that makes the world go round, but fear can do it faster. You quickly cover lots of ground when heartache is the master. Of course, it may not feel like fear or dread or desperation. It feels like something near and dear, excitement and elation. But fear it is that makes you bleed and speeding makes you fearful. Nothing can be loved at speed. Love is slow and cheerful. If you'd like to sponsor me to help Continue bringing the podcast to you each week. Go to patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins or danmullinsmusic.com. And if you'd like to donate to the Purple Bra cause in Western Australia and to get more information, purplebraday.com.au, purplebraday.com.au. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way Somewhere along